Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Pussycat Podcast. This podcast features incredible interviews with trans and or queer creatives of Tucson, Arizona. We get into everything from astrology, creative source, discussing whether Tucson is truly open to creativity, and especially coming from trans and queer people, and talking about the spectacular creative work that these individuals are creating. Often queer and trans creatives aren't centered in the creative spaces of Tucson, especially folks who are also BIPOC and or disabled. This is an intentional space to engage, promote, and build community. When we are referring to Tucson, Arizona, it's merely a colloquial way of defining a boundary of the folks with whom I will be interviewing. But it's important to note that Tucson, Arizona is home to the Tohono O'odham and Pascual Yaqui people who are the original stewards of this land since time immemorial. Thus, as we move forward, please reflect on how you are viewing land and bodies as we embark in conversations that are often intentionally left out of mainstream media. If you are interested in seeing whose land you are on, visit native-land.co. By the way, I'm your host, Bo. I use any and all pronouns, but typically we'll use they, them in social settings. I'm so glad you're here and enjoy the podcast. This week, we interviewed Bernice Jenko. They're a transgender fluid community organizer, lead artist, activist, fashion enthusiast, and representative of the life. They currently have four years of experience working for Artusan Gente as a community organizer. The art and work that they do intersects with their spirituality, the liberation of their people, and the collective mind is the main goal. Organizing community events to bring their people together to provide a space where we can practice mutual aid, educate and uplift each other is one of their main passions. They started tabling for other organizations such as Lucha, Living United for Change in Arizona. They started as a volunteer, getting people registered to vote, becoming a community organizer, and expanded into creating FEEL, Fighting for Equal and Essential Liberation. They spent the past two years growing and making connections with the Feel Art Collective, and now they're currently part of the Splinter Collective, a space which has been designed with the LGBTQIA community in mind. They got the opportunity to come on board to become part of the Brain Trust. This is composed of folks doing most of the on-the-ground work and visioning, while simultaneously embarking on a journey as a temporary eviction defense organizer. And now a word from our sponsor. Are you seeking relief from chronic pain, stress, digestive issues, or just need a good night's rest? Choose Transitions Acupuncture Clinic. Sandy, who uses they, them pronouns with Transitions Acupuncture Clinic, has been practicing acupuncture for over six years and is bringing their knowledge from Colorado to Tucson with intention to support the trans and queer community here. If you're interested in booking your first session, DM Sandy on Instagram at transitions acupuncture and let them know you're listening to this podcast. 
you'll receive $15 off your first session. Hey, it's Bo again. I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. The first thing that I do whenever I start these podcasts is I talk about your big six. And so you've shared your big six with me. And if I recall correctly, you're a Leo sun, Mercury and Mars. Yeah. (laughs) You're a Capricorn moon, Gemini rising, and your Venus is in Virgo. Yes, that is correct. (laughs) I have never met someone with three Leo placements before and a Capricorn (laughs) moon until yesterday. And their energy is so like, just like very much leadership energy. They're going to say how they feel. I personally like love that. I'm like a Libra. So I'm like, say what you need to say. (laughs) But I had never met someone like that. And then I was looking over your questions and I saw that you have like a very similar chart. And I was like, wow, like I'm just super excited to see how you feel about it. And so if you want to share how you feel about your big six, I would love for you to do that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so um well thanks for asking dude um I, I actually I like to talk about astrology too a lot so I thought it was pretty cool that was like the first thing you asked um just because I don't know I mean like the universe has all the answers you know and like studying the stars or whatnot I, I just feel like there's a lot of like accuracy but um I actually been told that my chart like my placements have so much fire like there's there's like no water like I literally have no water placements like if anything like <laughs> only like my Capricorn moon is in my eighth house which means oh. it's in a Scorpio house mm-hmm. and having a Capricorn moon in an eighth house is really tough because there's some really dark shit going on there um I was told by one of my friends that like because I have a Capricorn moon in my eighth house um that like that I probably growing up had some really bizarre and like obscure dreams and like just like some obscure shit happening and I was like wow no one has ever known me so well but that's kind of like what being a Capricorn um really is like if Capricorn moon really is like just a lot of like I guess like you could say like a lot of darkness uh, when it comes to my emotions like um I come I've come off more like you know like when it comes to like in that aspect I don't know I'm, I'm like more chill but being a Leo and like, um, being a Leo and um, freaking having mostly fire and air placements, it's it's it can be a little a little much, a little chaotic. Intense. <laughs> I I get told a lot like you're an old soul, and I'm just like sure. I'm just like you know like forced to grow up quickly, you know, take care of yourself and like all those things, and mm-hmm. also like. Um, you're like it's trauma but thank you the trauma yeah, yeah. I was about to say, it's a trauma yeah. <laughs> well and also I just feel like you do so much and if you want to talk about that like yeah no for sure I um I do do a lot honestly and like I just tried I just try to like um I don't know like um being able to be like a part of you like um like just being able to see like all these very welcoming species like um I, I just want to get more involved, you know, um, just because a lot of what I do and a lot of what I like doing is um, providing these spaces, these like, you know, like community spaces, these mutual aid spaces in which like we can uplift and support each other. 
Um, and as a community organizer, that's, that's like one of my biggest goals all the time. Um, personally speaking, I take that approach when it comes to like, you know, like um, the, that portion of the liberation of our people, just because like, it's funny, but uh, people talk a lot about oh, rebellion and like standing up against the government and like all these really intense things, but they forget that like when the system falls and when that comes into place one day, well, where are we gonna have to back us up? Who are we gonna have to back us up? Or who are you gonna go to war with even? So like creating these like spaces, um, it's, it's, it, these are the spaces that are here to stay and that are gonna be here once you know everything collapses and we're gonna have each other. And that's where we're gonna be practicing mutual aid and helping each other out, you know? Sure. I, um, I do a lot of that. <laughs> uh event planning i um i'm also an artist i um i draw a lot um i also make clothing um i actually finished this jacket watch i'll show you <laughs> it's like this was screen printed can you see it that is so cool <laughs> this was screen printed and like i hand sew it like sewn it or whatever mm -hmm. and then i like did these letters like like I painted them, but people have been telling me that it's hard to read. And I'm like, yo, it's, it's not that bad. I think that that is so cool. Oh my gosh. You're going to have to take a picture of that. So that way, whenever the listeners are like, what the fuck are they talking about? There's a picture of it. Yeah, on right, right. I'll take yeah. A <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, I like clothing a lot. I love clothing. I actually want to enroll in, in school soon once I'm more stable financially so I can I want to become a fashion designer. I really want that. Um, and yeah, well, right now, currently, you know, like, unfortunately, I'm not with Phil Collective anymore. It was like a great two years of my life. And I learned a lot. Uh, but I'm growing up, growing up <laughs> and growing more as an organizer. Now, uh, I will be working with Splinter Collective. So I'm really excited. Can you tell us more about Splinter Collective? Because you I know of Splinter Collective through you, but I've actually had two other guests talk about Splinter Collective. So I would love for you to talk about it more. Definitely. So like, you know, like I been around them a couple of times. Um, I think like the first time that I was introduced to them was because we needed a venue to have our Dia de los Muertos event. And um, we went ahead and like we asked and they were really welcoming and like it was very last minute um and um I met Rona through there and Rona was like the one like helping out a lot running point and um and then like I got to meet Nat and Nat I'm pretty sure you know who Nat, who Nat is but uh if you don't they're an amazing organizer and an amazing moving force in our community um and I had the chance to like talk to them uh, a couple of times and like, they were like, you know what, like you should come on board. And I was super down, you know, um, Splinter Collective, a lot of what they do, they, they help a lot of houseless folks. Um, like there's like a little like um, hangout area for houseless folks outside of the venue. Mm -hmm. And like, there's also like a little pantry and like just a lot of mutual aid in that aspect. And also mutual aid in the sense of like, you know, like the events that we put on, like uh, there's a lot of like, there's like all kinds of events that are being put on in those in that space. Uh, but there's also like, of course, like the um, 
the behind the scenes there's like amazing people who are part of it amazing organizers and like everyone has like it's so amazing to be there like everyone's so much older than me everywhere I go everyone's so much older than me I'm like the youngest one there but um that's that's pretty much it you know like I can't tell you the mission statement like verbatim or anything because I'm assumed, you know <laughs> yeah is oh, uh, just beautiful it's, it's one of the places that I could tell you like yeah that place is gonna be there when everything collapses <laughs> And I think it sounds like it aligns with the reasons with which you create. I, I asked the question of the guests of like, one, like, why do you create? And two, like, how is your creativity received in Tucson? And so you said that your main reason for creating is being able to like, not only like um, bless yourself, but to bless others. And then also that the mutual aid and art community in Tucson is so loving and receiving of like queer and trans creatives. And so I think that that sounds amazing. And if you want to elaborate more on that, you're, you're completely welcome to. Yeah, of course. I, I agree, you know, and I did say that, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, the mutual aid and the artistic scene, I just like, when I was introduced to it, I was like, holy shit, like, you know, like this has so much potential. Like Tucson is a hidden gem, you know? And I'm always going to say this, no matter what, like, no matter how much, like, shit people talk about Tucson, um, there's a lot of potential in this town. And um, that's one thing, like, Splinter is queer as fuck. (laughs) I will say that, like, it's one of the spaces that I'm like, whoa, everyone here is fucking queer, and I love it, you know what I mean? Um, So definitely a safe space there, you know. Um, and, and personally speaking, when I create, yes, like, I just, I just want to be able to open doors for my people. I want to be able to, like, every door that I open, I always tell this to my loved ones and everyone that, like, is related to me in any way. Every door that I open, um, for me, like, all I'm thinking about in the back of my head um, is, okay, like, everyone else, like, come on, let's all go through this door, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't do like it's it, I don't do things for me and like I'm like right now I'm alone like and I'm like learning how to like think more of myself or my, like for myself and like more of myself you know and like take care of myself uh because I can be a very because of my all my fire placements <laughs> I can be a very you know like intense sober giving person and sometimes I do forget about myself so um yeah I I just think that everyone should like check out those spaces especially like younger folk who like maybe are struggling with their like identities or whatnot like me as a younger even younger person being introduced to these spaces I was like okay it's okay to be myself yeah how did you find out about these spaces like was it just through friends and community members or you know when were you introduced to them because I feel like for me I'm almost 24 and I've been in Tucson for like, oh my God, like six years. Uh-huh. And I'm like, feel our collective, Splinter Collective. I'm like, and then people are talking about like the Royal Room. And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know yeah. what all these things are. So like, yeah. how are you introduced? Um, yeah, so honestly, dude, Instagram. Instagram, really? all the way. Like, and that's the thing that people don't know. Like people, like, of course, social media can be a fucking big, like, um, you know, like, like, a, I guess you could even say like a virus, you know, like fucking like be poisoning our brains or whatnot. 
um, but at the same time, it's a very resourceful tool. I mean, that's why we're here anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in these communities, uh, I came across them because um, I remember um, this is actually how Fields started in the first place. But I remember going on Instagram and I don't know how I came across a flyer that um, like maybe like because I started following some mutuals and like I came across a flyer um, that was an event at Subspace. And um, they were going to celebrate um, Black folk as a celebration of uh, Black folk. Mm -hmm. And I went and I saw everything and I was just like, wow, like, this is really sweet. Like, I was like, I want to be here and I want to like, like also like help create these spaces, you know? And at the time I was like very repressed working for a nonprofit. So I was just wanting to do my own thing. And I, I like discovered these places, like my first event ever going to subspace, it was like 2019, I think, like towards, or maybe like the beginning of 2020. And I started recruiting like a lot of people that I met there. And I was like, hey, you want to get together and form an art, art collective? And people were like, fuck yeah. So <laughs> that's how it I feel like we because of the pandemic or like early 2020 that was oh my god so long ago but that's only like two years and you've really done like a lot of shit i yeah definitely like i always say like it's good to take it slow but also there's so much like there's so much to put out there there's Mm -hmm. so much to tell people yeah i was gonna ask what kind of initially drove you to start creating when like how old were you did it have to do with maybe your queerness like where did that kind of begin for you and then did it change into community organizing or was it initially community organizing and then became art like what did that what did that look like yeah it was actually first community organizing and then it became art for sure (laughs) like um, it's funny because I have never, never, ever done any sort of art or anything like that. Um, but recently, I recently talking about like two, three years ago, because this is very recent, like you were saying, but I I started like ugh, dipping my hands. I was, well, while I was a community organizer, I was like dipping my hands into like what I wanted, like my art to be in uh, the whole name, like Jenko's Jewels, you know? It's just like all this came to me um, after like a very intense shrimp trip and a very intense um, breakup. So it was just like an awakening of like my artistic side because I never thought I could create, you know. Um, but the truth is that everyone has that potential, uh, which is like, of course, because it's like everything stems back from the same thing. Colonization, you know, like as soon as I got here, like, you know, like they made us like they took away our pleasure. They took away our creativity, everything that came like. Um, with it like was just like taken away from us and um so um yeah like being a community organizer and like you know like putting fuel like um together and like seeing all these amazing like people who are artists and like express themselves this way and like providing the space for them to do so it was like oh shit I can do it too so I started going more into it like more into like um, more, um, you know, like it's just doing my art. I don't give a shit if it's good. I don't care how it looks. If I did it with passion, I did it with passion. And a lot of it talks about my spirituality. And a lot of it talks about like my journey with, um, like my balance, like wanting to be balanced as like a feminine and masculine energy. 
um, you know, like as a trans person, I, I struggle with that a lot, of course. And um, I just feel like my art sometimes helps me, um, like, you know, like put that out there to the world, like um, talk about my journey. Can you tell me more about your spirituality and like how it influences your work? Because as for me, I'm coming as like a white person who was raised in like a fundamentalist Christian like cult. And so like growing up and being queer, I was like, I don't want anything reminiscent of religion at all. And then as I got older, I was like, wait a minute, like, I'm actually like a little intuitive and like, I have these things and it would freak me the fuck out. Cause I was like, oh my God, am I like Jesus jugs again? Like what's going on? You know what I mean? But obviously reading through some stuff you talked about, yeah. I know you're coming from a Christian household and not yeah. saying we had the same experience at all. I definitely grew up in a cult, but um, <laughs> how, how did that like relationship with like spirituality develop? And then how does it influence you now in, in maybe the art you create or the way you show up and in different spaces? Yeah, um, that's a, okay, that's a good question. A lot of questions. And now a word from our sponsor. Transitions Acupuncture Clinic in the heart of Tucson draws patients from all across Arizona. The reason? It's founder, board-certified acupuncturist, Sandy Lyman. Sandy and the Transitions Clinic are known for approaching your unique health situations holistically, always listening and then treating the root cause, not just the symptoms. From chronic pain to stress to preventative care, Transitions helps heal and balance your body. At Transitions, what makes you special is celebrated as they strive to make a safe space for all marginalized communities. Transition supports BIPOC and the LGBTQ community and has a long history of working to meet your unique health needs. If you're interested in booking your first session, DM Sandy on Instagram at Transitions Acupuncture and let them know you're listening to this podcast. You will receive $15 off your first session. Oh, I, I really, again, I appreciate you doing this. I think it's very... Um, a very beautiful project you got going on but I was gonna say I always always like even being so fucking gay and queer like I am always had a lot of love for the creative I grew up in a very 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 Christian household like you know like um like literally getting like beat up because I was gay you know like to the point where like it's just again a lot of trauma right but um I was even taking one time like in front of the pastor and like like told by the pastor like oh if you're gay you're gonna die pretty much like you know like if you sin like the pay is death like type of thing and like being a 16 year old and being told that it's just like what the fuck like you develop so much anger you know however um I always remember to like have the anger towards these institutions and not the creator itself is very important and in my opinion our parents don't know any better <laughs> because that's how they were raised and if, if we should be blaming it on anyone it shouldn't even be religion it should be colonization <laughs> of course and um I just feel like spirituality spirituality I I had a rough time period where I I didn't I didn't even know what I believe in 
it was like very confusing you know like I went I literally like I, I haven't grown so much in so little bit but I went from like praying to Jesus and praying to like like father to like praying to like not knowing that God is a woman is just like changes like change my perspective completely and um I just like a lot of the art I do I incorporate a lot of like um I, I have a lot of Mexica beliefs like I guess you could say like Aztec beliefs right like uh, the way they um that the Mexica people view life is um you know like they think about like you know people might call them uh gods or goddesses but they're actually representations of like um certain things and a lot of my art represents these things like uh, for example i have this right here i'm not very happy how it's coming out but it's uh so chipili and it's like the um i don't know if you can really see it. it's like sitting on yeah, the it's beautiful yeah. and like it's uh, a lot of my art like uh has those references like you know like spiritual like references like that's so chipili like i said like uh, he, he'd be considered like the flower prince he represents like uh, psychedelics just like you know like art joy and on top like you see like an eye right here and it's like the divine feminine like you know like the three moons or whatnot like divine feminine like looking looking over while he's on a trance mm -hmm. and, um yeah i i just feel like um the more spiritual i become the more i'm able to create because the more i connect with the creator um also like the more um i feel like my like my solar plexus like just like my solar plexus like the more i work on it i i'm able to like of course like be more creative and like talk about these things to the world and like when it comes to like like being in those spaces where we throw things and like you know like we put on events i always make sure to have a lot of intentionality and one of the last events that we threw was the divine feminine um it was like the last event for feel, at least for now, but um, we threw the divine feminine and uh, there was a lot of intentionality behind that. Um, and, you know, like we had uh, Maria from Calpoli Teochicali, um, she, um, they came to like speak to us about the divine feminine, uh, like in an indigenous aspect, you know, so it was very beautiful, always planting the seed. Sorry, that was a long answer. Oh, no, I <laughs> love that answer. Do you mind actually defining for folks who don't know what a solar plexus is? Yeah, so the solar plexus is like the area, like I want to say like above like the, um, what's it called? What is it, the, the uterus? Like, sorry, mm -hmm. I have angel. Yeah, like then like below the navel, like, you know, like in like the uterus area. <clears throat> so that's like the area where the solar plexus is at around that area. And um, the solar plexus um, helps you a lot with like sensuality and like creativity. And like, it's uh, like, you know, like if you ever see like a chakra, like chart, like you'll see that is like the orange like color in like sure. those chakras. So yeah, that's a little bit of what it, what it is, you know. I'm not a huge expert, but I do know that. I know these things because I was told by the creator. It's, it's not like a big like yoga and like- you know, Yeah, like it's like an energy meridian, right? And it like all kind of ends up right there for specifically the solar plexus. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for defining that. I just yeah. wanted to like make sure for folks who didn't know. And also, if you don't mind sharing that photo that, that you're working on right now, Cause we're like, oh, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, if I was listening to this podcast, I'd be like, what is it? I want to see it. So no, if you feel comfortable know. sharing it, uh, send me a photo as well. Um, in regard to your spirituality, 
do you even feel like not only does it help you create, I'm, I'm sure you're going to say yes to my question, but do you feel like it deepens your, um, just connection to your queerness and your, and your transness, or it makes you feel more comfortable or is it not even like a separate thing? Like your spirituality, your art, your queerness, your transness is all kind of from the same thing. It's, it's all the same thing, honestly. It's all the same thing because, um, you know, like, so everything is so interconnected. I, I did ayahuasca and back in November. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. shit. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, everything is so connected. I did ayahuasca back in November, and um, I didn't know I was fucking trans. Like, everyone would tell me, you're a fucking boy, or like, oh, you're like a fanboy, or like, you're a trans boy. And I'd be like, why the fuck are people telling me that? I would never do that, like, blah, blah, blah. Because, like, having such a Christian mother, she told me, she was like, you can do anything. You can, like, whatever you want. Just don't become a man. That's the one thing I'm going to ask you. Do not become a man. And I was like, oh, this is a cherry on top, right? But, <laughs> like, I I went ahead and I did ayahuasca. And um, I just feel like, like, I actually wrote a poem from the Divine Feminine. I don't know if, like, you're down for me to read it real quick. Oh my God, please, please share. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I posted on my story and stuff. So some people might have, like, been able to see it. Let me just find it real quick. It's just... It talks about like, it's just like how I realized that I was trans in the first place, you know? I'm like, I'm so excited. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So it says, I'm here to talk about how the divine feminine saved my life. Grandmother Ayahuasca, what a privilege to meet her heart to heart. God is a woman. There ain't no doubt in that. The moving and loving force of the universe. So nurturing and healing. Firm and rational all at once. The balance of the two, that's who she is. She looked over me and made sure I was safe while, while an inner battle was taking place. Mother Kundalini reminded me that sensuality is something not to be ashamed but embraced. Reminded me that my body is part of this human experience I choose and reassured me it's okay to express myself in the way my soul remembers. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> and just like being able to like that, that was like it. That little poem is like, I was like, you know what? I'm trans. Like I was there and I was like, okay, I, I'm listening. I got it. Like, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> I'm and, like um, speechless. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you. But yeah, like that's like you seek and she seeks you and like you get the answers, you know, and like being able to like, um, you know, get so many answers during that like ceremony too. Like it also awakened more my um, like creativity. Um, ayahuasca is a very beautiful medicine and like, um, I haven't been as active creating right now because of everything that's going on in life and struggling a little bit, like a lot, like financially right now. Um, but everything is connected. Like to answer your question, everything is connected. You know, um, you know, I, I just like, I'm very thankful because if it wasn't for me to like growing more uh, in my spirituality, I would have never like been like, okay, um, I'm going to create. Thank you so much for sharing with me today like I've been so excited to meet with you and for the listeners like we have rescheduled I think like six or seven times and it was like I, I don't have capacity today my computer's broken oh my god I have to go into work and it was just like what what the fuck is going on but I knew that it was gonna happen and I knew it was gonna be amazing and I'm just so grateful that 
we got to meet and you got to share with me about yourself. Like I knew you were already so cool, but meeting you in person is, is excellent. And you're only 21, not to like patronize you, but I'm like, like, how is that even, how is that even possible? When I was 21, I was like, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, (laughs) but I like the beginning of the pandemic for me was 21. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like, the only thing I was thinking about is school. So the fact that you have done all this stuff is amazing. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. For folks who feel super connected to you, which I'm sure is everyone listening, (laughs) uh, where can we find you on social media? Do you have any events coming up? Like, where can we connect with you? Yeah, I, well, I, you, y'all can find me on social media, um, uh, Instagram, of course. Um, My, my at name is Bernice Jenko. and then uh events coming up well splinter almost like always has events like almost every weekend so like it's it's always like um you know like whenever she's checking out the splinter collective 520 that's their at name on instagram like checking out their page um and like whatever event that might be coming up like i'll most likely be there and stop by for a little uh i do work a lot though but um throughout the week and like um, the weekends I work, uh, I, I, throughout the week, I work at Laco. I don't know if y'all ever heard of Laco, La Cocina. And uh, inside, La, inside Laco, there's a little store and I work for Cream there. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I work for Cream and, and at their little shop. So right now I'm actually going to get ready to go work on the weekends I'm there. If you're struggling with your mental health, experiencing pain or stress, or having trouble sleeping, anyone and everyone can benefit from traditional East Asian medicine, or TEAM. With a master's degree in acupuncture and herbal medicine, Sandy and the Transitions Clinic put their expertise to use in treating both adults and children for a broad range of issues, including acute and chronic pain, stress, sleep issues, hormone issues, mental health, digestive issues, sports injuries, and stiffness. If you're interested in booking your first session, DM Sandy on Instagram at Transitions Acupuncture and let them know you're listening to this podcast. You will receive $15 off your first session. Hi, everybody. I'm so sad that this is the last, I mean, it's not the last episode, but it is the last episode of Trans and Queer Tucson Creatives that are not myself. The next episode is of me, of course, but I am so happy that I got to interview Jenko. They are such an inspirational person, such a light, and genuinely so present and loving in every interaction you have with them and I love those kinds of people so I had such a fantastic time interviewing them and please wrap them up in so much love and check out the Splinter Collective but don't forget there's one more episode and it's with me (laughs) 